Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. I'd like to read this scripture to remind all of you when you listen to the Word of God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 on, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them, mean let the wisdom and the knowledge of God not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so there will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. I'd like to encourage you, when you listen to the sermon or the word of God or the wisdom of God, pay attention because if you really grab a hold, know it and do it, it will be life to your soul. Don't be only the hearer of the word of God, but be doer of the word of God. That is my way of Christian life since the first day. I really pay attention to the word of God. In fact, I just listened to a CD sermon of T.D. Jakes last week. And when I listened to that CD, I was thinking, wow, it would be nice if our church is like that. You know, in his church, every time the pastor say one sentence, ah, the whole congregation, like, ah, everyone, oh, oh, like this. And they say, wow, this is fun. That everyone just so get excited about every single, single sentence T.D. Jakes was preaching. And that should be our kind of spirit. Every time we hear the word, we feel like, hey, yes, ah, uh, mm, like this, you know, instead of, so what, again, this kind of layback attitude. We should be excited about the word of God. Amen. I need to be taught. I need to be corrected. I need somebody to speak the truth to me so that I will repent. Christianity is about repentance. It's about faith and repentance. This morning, I told my wife that I noticed that a lot of Christian people are in trouble or in a mess because they don't understand the word repentance. Repentance means you agree that you are wrong. And you agree with God that this is not the right attitude. This is not the right action or lifestyle. When you agree with Him and you say, God, I'm sorry, I'm going to change my way and my life and my attitude. If you don't live like that every single day, your Christian life one day will go into shipwreck. It's going to shipwreck. It's going to go downhill. You need to repent every single day. You need to turn around every single day from whatever wrong that you have in your heart. Amen? Today, I'd like to continue about living in abundance. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, this is the second part of how to live in abundance, honoring God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first, everyone say first, fruits of all your increase. So your bonds will be filled with plenty. How many people like plenty? I like plenty. I don't like lack. And your vats will overflow with new wine. God say, honor me first, and then everything going to be full and abundant for you. A lot of people misunderstand that. Whatever happened in our life is only God's part. No, it's not 
only all about God, whether we are safe or not. It's not only God's part that we are healed or not. It's not only God's part that we are prosperous or abundant or not. We need to know the part of the equation of our life. Definitely, God did His part. God has done His part. He paid the price on the cross. On the cross, the Lord Jesus shed His blood to purchase our salvation, that our sins are forgiven. Our sickness was healed on the cross already. It's done deal. It has been paid for. God did His part. God paid for our shame and rejection. God paid for our curses. We don't need to live in the curses anymore. But we need to do our part. And our part is to walk by faith and in obedience. We need to obey God. That is sometimes a big missing link in the Christianity. They think that God just do His part. I'm not going to do anything. I just sit around, do nothing, and expect God to bless me. No, we need to have faith and we need to obey God. Jesus said, if you're my real disciple, you will obey my word. Jesus said that if you love me, you obey my word. And actually, every command in the Bible is for our benefits, not his own benefit. Everyone say, all the commands in the Bible are for my good, are for my benefits. Amen. So whatever God commands us to do is for our benefit. And one of the commands that will lead us to the living in abundance is Honoring God. I mentioned two Sundays ago that the word honoring doesn't mean only clap hand to somebody, but it means to do some things materially and financially for that person. If you look in the old day in the Bible, every time somebody honors somebody, they will bring gifts, bring money or gold or silver to give to another person to show honor. Because the word honor in the Hebrew language means weighty, something heavy, like silver or gold. So if you missed the sermon two Sundays ago, I'd like to encourage you to get the sermon download. Uh, we're going to set up table, the computer table out there. And you can bring your thumb drive or hard drive, and we can download sermon for you for free. Any series in this church, you go home and listen, put in your iTunes program or your iPod or iPhone, and you can listen every single day, different sermons in the church for free. Amen? We don't want to sell the Word of God. And last time you learned that honoring God is important, and a lot of time people do not receive abundance and prosperity because they despise the things of God. When we're talking about despising, we're not talking about being disgusted with, or being nasty about something, or being rude to somebody. But despising means failure to value, failure to respect, to esteem something. When God says, you despise me, it means that we fail to value Him and value the things of God. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, Therefore the Lord God of Israel say, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. How many people want God to honor you? I want God to honor me. And when God honor you, He will fulfill the desire of your heart. Amen. Amen. Last night, Pastor Da has a dream. She had a dream that 
God say I honor you I bless you so much in the past years continue to serve me because God honor her God bless her financially God bless her physically materially everything God bless her with good children therefore we honor him back to we honor him he honor us amen for those who honor me I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed so if you despise the things of God you will not be honored by God and that is the universal spiritual principle of God we need to honor the things of God and honor start from the heart and come out through our mouth and come out through our action when we honor God in our heart then you can see from your words then you can see from your own action i can tell you three ways in honoring God today i'm going to talk only one way i have limited time and next time i'm going to talk about two more ways of honoring God the first way to honor God is to give to and to take care of God's things or God church mission ministry and his things everyone say giving to taking care of the church of god the more i prepare this lesson the more i see the importance of honoring and lately i begin to see the scheme of the enemy how the enemy can destroy christian in the church is to make you lose the heart of honoring the things of god therefore i believe that this teaching is a vaccine to protect you from losing something good in your life honoring god is very important we are living in dishonorable society nowadays you can see in the tv people make fun of each other people make fun of the president people make fun of the governor husband do not honor their wife wife do not honor their husband kids do not honor their parents or their teachers in the school we really don't see honor that much in our society anymore but god never change god still want us to honor his people honor his thing and we need to teach this in the church and we need to teach this in our home we need to teach our children to honor their parents to honor their teachers to honor the God to honor the church to honor the church leaders to honor the things of God. Amen. The first thing we need to do is to give and to honor the church. In fact, the church is not yours and mine. This church belongs to God. Every single local church is the things of God. Is the plan and the purpose of God. God reveal himself to the local church. Therefore the church is his body if we want to honor god we need to honor his church and in the church we have different ministry worship ministry care group ministry sound system ministry children ministry teaching ministry like mine i am in a teaching ministry so we need to honor all this ministry and ministers we need to honor the mission of god not only god will take care of a local flock in each city to a local church but god also want to preach the gospel in other city god want to preach the gospel god want to save people out of your own city so what does he do he send minister to minister in another city we call mission so we need to honor the missions of god for example when god sent me to thailand to indonesia and when i come back and i say 
thank God, 300 people accept Christ. Thousands of people get saved and thousands of people get delivered from demons. And when I say that, you make your face like this. Really? So what? You despise the mission of God. When the pastor comes back and gives the report that so good things happen in L.A., and you say, so what? It's not my business. You should be excited. You should honor, thank God, praise God that God is doing something out there in the world through our church. Amen. When I heard that Dr. Katie Heard was going to Uganda, I was so excited about the mission. I was so excited that Kyla was going to Korea to do the mission for God. Amen. We need to really honor the church. Everyone say the church. The ministry. The ministers. The mission. And the work of God. Now, how can we honor the things of God? Look in the Old Testament. God was mentioning about honoring the church, honoring the things of God. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? You see, God crying out from heaven, Where is my honor? Do my people honor me? If I am a master, where is my reverence? Say the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? How do we despise God's name? We may not say bad words. We may not say any rude words to God or put the fist up to God and say, God, you are bad. We may not do that. But one way to despise God's thing is to fail to see the importance of the things of God. We fail to see the importance of the church of God. All these years, many people in this church really honor the, this church, honor the church of God. Definitely, we honor the local church here because we are here. And we honor other churches too, but this is our local family. We honor the church. We spend money, we spend time, we spend energy, night and day to build the church of God because we honor we see the importance. You know, now, after 21 years of building this church, I look back. Even though no one come to this church, it's still worth it. I want to tell you right now, if no one show up in this church this Sunday, only I and my family and a few cheap, and everyone left the church already, I still feel that it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth my time to build a church. Amen. My kids are not in drugs. My kids are not in pornography. My kids doing well because I and my kids are going to church every Sunday. It's worth it. Only my kids saved to go to heaven is worth it already to build a church. But thank God it's not only my kids and my wife. There are other people who are faithful. When I look at Daniel, when I look at Phil and Jamel, when I look at Brian and Nisa, when I look at Lancer, I look at all these kids, I look at Eric, I look at Alan and, uh, you know, Stephen, and look at all these young kids. It's worth my time to build a church. Amen. I will not trade anything else with honoring the church of God. Amen. How do you know? God speak in verse 6. How do you know that you honor something and you see that thing important? The Bible used the word first. How do you know 
that something is important to you. Very easy to know what is important to you. Very easy. Go to look at your checkbook. If the boat is important to you, you're going to spend a lot of money in your checkbook to buy the stuff for your boat. The same thing. If God is important to you, you spend a lot of money for God. You give to God. You don't care to spend for God because that is important to your heart. How to check the condition of your heart? Look at the checkbook. If God is not important, you are not going to spend money for God. You're going to spend money for something else. Maybe your hobby. Maybe your nice iPhone. Maybe your nice car or your sport car. Because you're going to spend money on the things that you see is important to you. Check your checkbook. Amen. Look at the checkbook. In the past few months, how do you spend money? If you honor God, you're willing to write a check. You're willing to give to God. How do you despise God? You despise because you don't see the importance of God. Verse 7, the Bible says, you offer. You see, God connect in verse 6 on where is my honor? And then verse 7, he says, you offer. Talking about giving. You offer defy food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defied you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. I check in dictionary. The word contemptible mean mean, vile, wordless scorn, disrespect, disregard of authority, looking down on something. Some Christian may not say it out from their mouth that God is bad, God is not fair. But in their attitude, they think that the church is not important. They look down on the church. Oh, a bunch of uneducated people here. They don't know how to manage a church. They don't know how to organize the church. The bunch of these people, they look down on the people in the church. And that's called despising. Despising the leadership. Despising the things of God. Oh, the church doesn't have nice building like the world system. Despising, contemptible. Look down on the table of God and say, so what? The offering to God, not big deal. And then they live in poverty. They live in debt. They are not in abundance. I tell you, I check my heart every single day how I treat the things of God. Lately, I find out that one way that the devil, you know the devil has many schemes to destroy people. One way is to just make you into the blunt sin. Pornography, drugs, or sexual immorality. That's one way. Pornography in the internet. Another way is to make you busy, that you don't have time to come to church. But one of the very, very subtle ways is to make you feel negative against your own church and feel negative against the leadership. I have this experience. Every time I sit and watch certain preacher in the TV or went to some meeting and listened to some preacher, I heard the voice come to me, look at his weakness, look at how he dressed. Look at how he walk around. Wow, does it bother you? Does he use that word? Does it bother you? That voice come. And I know it's not come from God. It come from the devil. You know why the devil used this technique? To destroy or to assassinate the character of the leadership and the preacher. Instead of honoring the preacher, honoring the church, he make you feel negative so that you will not get anything out of that sermon at all. 
Listen carefully. I listened to one preaching of John Bevere. John Bevere used to work under a great minister in America. And one day they have conflict between John, John Bevere and the pastor have conflict about building the youth group. And he goes mad at the pastor. He was so mad. And after that day on, every sermon that he listened did not register into him. Just passed his head. And God spoke to him. He came home and he complained to his wife. His wife said, you need to repent because you have a bad attitude against your pastor. That's why you never learn anything. The Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The devil is so cunning, he will do everything to make you not like me, not like Pastor Tyson, not like any leader in the church, so that you will not eat anything good in this church. And you know what happened? You leave the church, you go to another church, but you don't know that pastor very well. After you sit there for a while, you begin to criticize that pastor too. And after a while, you leave that church. You go to another church, you sit there for a while, this spirit is in you still criticizing all the leadership. And eventually you don't eat anything from that church, you leave, and eventually you don't go to church anymore and stay home on Sunday. And your spiritual life goes downhill and chipwreck. And don't blame me, don't blame God, it's your own problem that you don't repent. I just watched a TV preacher a few days ago with my wife. We sit there relaxing, so we turn on the, the day star or something, our TV machine. We turn on the TV and we record some preacher. We sit there. The whole time when I listen to this preacher, I got my heart, I'm going to honor this person and I will not look down and criticize the way that person dressed, the way that person moved. You know why? Because if I don't got my heart to honor that preacher, I will not learn anything from that person. This is a scheme of the enemy. I want to beg you, all the days of your life, guard your heart to honor, to respect, to see the value of your church, the mission of God in your church, the ministry in the church, the minister, the pastor, the leadership, everyone. No one is perfect, but you need to honor them so to receive the things from them. Amen. Don't let the devil win. That is a scheme of the enemy to destroy your spiritual life. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. I remember one time I went to California, both Disneyland and go to the revival service of Pastor Rodney. I was sitting there. Suddenly the devil talked to me, criticized Pastor Rodney in my ear. I said, shut up. I'm not going to listen to this. Because I want to receive something from this man. If I start to criticize him, I cannot receive anything from him. Period. Amen. That's why in Nazareth, no one received any blessing from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they're so familiar with him. After I read the scripture, I'm thinking, I think I should back off more from being close to all of you. Because I notice that some people abuse my anointing because too close to me. And they don't receive anything from me. Actually, God really speaks to me lately. God say, you know, I anoint you so much, but a lot of people don't receive anything from you. Why, when I go to Thailand, so many miracles happen? Because they honor my anointing. But when people get familiar to me, they just abuse me. So I think I should back up. And, and I understand many pastors, while they walk by, they don't even greet people. They just, boom, disappear. 
because they don't want people to abuse their anointing, to get so familiar. I can talk to him. I can slap on his head. I can slap on his face and do whatever I want. Actually, it's your own benefit that you honor the anointing still. God, this is an anointed man. I'm not going to touch him. Definitely, I need to watch myself not to do anything wrong. Amen? I need, I need to say this. You know why? One day, there will be another senior pastor here. Not me. Because I'm going to be with the Lord. I will die one day or I will do some, go on with my life. But you need to keep this principle in your heart that you need to honor the minister that God put upon the church. Period. Amen. I know that not every minister is your spiritual father. You need to choose the church that you have a spiritual father. And once you make that choice, make a decision to honor. Make a decision to honor that church and don't do like these Jewish people. They say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. They say, my pastor doesn't deserve any authority, doesn't deserve anything good. I'm going to give the junk to the church. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 1, verse 8, And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Say the Lord of hosts. In other words, some people clean up their house. They find some junk, some broken stuff. They're packing their car. They were driving to the junk yard. They were driving to the garbage. And while they're driving to the garbage junk yard, they think, I think I should turn around and go to my pastor and give this thing to my pastor. I think I should give all this junk TV and junk stuff to the church. They deserve all this junk. And God say, keep driving to the junk yard. Don't turn around to the church. Don't give the junk to your pastor. Don't give the junk to the church. Give the best to God. Amen. Amen. Giving is a sign of honoring somebody. Amen. On Friday night, Pastor Sisa performed waiting for Brother Lancer. And I was sitting there watching the wedding. I was so proud of Pastor Caesar. Did a good job. I honor his anointing. I honor this man's anointing. Even though I was the one who trained him. But I honor him. Because if I don't honor this man, I will not receive anything from this man. And yesterday we went out to have lunch. And still look at him across the table. I honor this man. He's anointed. And I came home, even talked to Pastor Da. What can we do to help this man to have better life? I want to honor this man financially. I want to honor this man materially. Honoring in a tangible way. Amen. We need to think this way. We cannot just give junk to the pastor like that and just left over thing. We need to honor the man of God. Amen. God say, are you giving broken things to your governor? If you don't do that, don't do it to me. Verse 9, but now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us. Why this being done by your hands? Will he accept you favorably? Say the Lord of hosts. Let me explain this scripture to you. In other words, people come to God with a junk thing, with the broken thing and say, God, show me favor. I need a wife. 
I need a new home. I need a new car. I need a promotion. My job. And God looked from heaven. You need favor. What are you talking about? You give me junk, junky thing. You give me broken thing, and you want me to give you favor. You want me to give you a special deal? No way. No special deal. You have to pay the full price. So God give us favor when we honor Him. Amen. And if God treat us that way, human gonna treat you that way. I received so much favor from my ex boss at University of Washington because I honor him so much in everywhere I went, and he treat me very well because this employee named Dr. Varunlah Prasit honor the boss all the time. Amen. Think about it. If you are the boss, think about it. If you are the boss, and your Employee walk by you and don't even greet you, and walk by like this. And I don't care. My boss walk by, or when you are hungry because you're so busy with your work, you don't have time to eat lunch. Your employee walk in, uh, 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 boss. This is my leftover sandwich, half sandwich. I feel bad for you. Just eat this half sandwich. You think as a boss you're gonna give him a raise? No way. But if you walk in. Wow, this is a big new plate from restaurant. I know you don't have time to go out and eat lunch. I'm gonna buy food for you. I want to honor you with this lunch. The boss thing right away. I think next race I'm gonna consider him first. Favor. You see, when you honor the boss, the king of all kings in heaven, you're gonna get the favor from him. I believe that a lot of people in the church receive that favor from God, because they honor Him financially. Amen. Look at what the Bible says, verse 10 to 11. I'm going to read from NLT. It's more clear than New King James. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors, so that this worthless sacrifice could be offered. I am not pleased with you, say the Lord of Heaven's army, and I will not accept your offering. But my name. Is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, say the Lord of heaven's armies. Is it possible that God will reject your offering? Yes. Amen. It's possible that God will reject your offering. The Bible says here, I will not accept your offering. There are two kind of offering that God will reject. Number one, the re- offering that come as manipulation and controlling. God, if I give you hundred thousand dollars, you're gonna have to heal me. Oh God, you stuck here now. <laughs> you cannot go home, so you just stuck me for many hours because of the rain. <laughs> I like that, so that you stuck with me. You cannot get into your car. The rain is so heavy. Amen. Praise God. Just stay there a little bit longer. Then continue to preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. One of the offering that God will not accept is the offering for manipulation, such as to buy you. Like if you do this, I give you money. If you don't do this, I will not give you money. That is not the offering that we should accept. You cannot buy God's forgiveness. You cannot buy God's healing. You cannot buy God's deliverance. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You cannot buy God with money. Actually, 
Deliverance, salvation, healing has been paid for. No corruptible things in the world, whether silver or gold, can buy anything from God. It's been already paid for. The only thing you can do, you cannot buy God, but you can honor God. You still give, but give out of honor, out of love and devotion, not out of buying and manipulation. God will not accept the offering that is to manipulate Him. Two, God will not accept the offering that is not pure. What is a pure offering? Pure offering comes out from genuine love, genuine obedience, and honor Him. If you pull out your check and you give to church on Sunday, <sighs> He forced me to give 10%. I want to tell you, take your check back. He will not need it. God will survive without you, your money. He doesn't need your money. To give 10% to God is to honor Him, not to be compulsive or to be grudgingly like, yeah, I need to give money to God. Amen? Any offering that should be accepted is the offering that comes out from devotion and love and genuine honor, not by being forced, by being manipulated and or out of wrong motive. God will not accept those kind of offering. Amen? Check your heart carefully. And it's not about amount either. A lot of people say, you know, I can give much bigger check than you. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts in the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites, two coins. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all, for all this out of their abundance have put in offering for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. Let me ask this question. You think God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Did God watch the offering 2,000 years ago? You think today when you put money in the offering bag, God still watch? I think God still watch your offering. You can hide from me. Actually, I tell you the truth. I never check even one person in the church who give tithe or not. I never check. The reason I don't want to check because number one is between you and God, not between you and me. Second thing, because I don't want to have prejudice in my heart. Oh, that person give more, then I will be nicer. I want to treat everyone the same. But it's between you and God whether you are faithful in giving tithe or not. Amen. But God check. God knows exactly how much you give. You may deceive me, but you cannot deceive God. Whatever you give. So you need to be careful because God watched the offering. Not only that, He said, it's not about the amount, but it's about the percentage. Thank God He did not say in the Bible that, oh, everyone give $100,000 a year. He did not say that. He said 10%. God expects you to honor Him from what you have, not from what you don't have. Whatever you have in your hand, how many percent you're going to give to God? That he look at the percentage. And He is fair. He wants to let you keep a lot more than what you give Him. So be careful in your giving because God look at your heart. God look at the percentage you give. Amen? And when you do that, 
God from heaven watched the offering, and He will begin to move on your behalf because He honors you. When He honors you, no one can stop. No one can steal the blessing from you. I can give you a couple examples, and I close. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people. Everyone say, gave. Generously. And prayed to God always. About the night out of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up from a memorial before God. Is God watching the giving and the prayer? Yes. When you give on his name, you obey him, you honor him, that honor, that giving come up to heaven and he can smell. And he could not sit still on heaven. He will do something for you. Amen. What happened to this? He called the great apostle Peter and the team to go out of his way to go visit him to get the whole family saved. And then revival happened. The outpouring of the fire of God happened in his own home. I remember one time, this is a true story. I connected with a ministry in America that bring revival and the fire of God. And I say, God, I'm going to be partner of this ministry. So I began to send check, my personal check, to this ministry every single month, good money. And I still support this ministry to today. And one time I pray, God, if you can bring Peter to Cornelius' home, as I give this money, you will bring this man to my home. And it looked impossible because this man is an international level. He is preaching in front of 100,000 of people, okay? Big ministry. I pray and I wrote in that prayer request, I pray that this man will show up in my church and in my house. I'm serious. You know what happened? A year later, he showed up in my house. And he showed up in this church. I honor God with my money. God honor me back to bring the anointed man to my house, eating in my dining table. And when he sat there, I feel like, praise God. The anointing is in my house. Like Elisha was in my house. That's how I feel. God sent the anointed man into my house and sent him to our small church because we honor him first. Amen. I cannot buy God with money, but I can honor God with my money. Look at another example. Second King chapter 4, verses 8 to 11. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly, Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he come to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned in the upper room and lay down there. You need to see the picture here. 
This man Elisha was an anointed man, a man of God. He has an anointing. He came into the city. He did not even do anything for this woman at Shunem. He hasn't done anything for this woman at all. Okay, you need to understand this. But the woman saw the anointing. She cooked for him every time he came by. I believe her cooking must be good because he kept stopping by there. And she was thinking, this is an anointed man. We need to honor God by honoring the anointing in this man. So she make a room for him and buy the furniture, the lampstand, the bed so that he can come and pray and rest. I just checked with my relative who just extend her home into one more room we call the sunroom. She paid about $100,000 to add that room into her home. So if this woman at Chunam built another room for Elisha today, and this man has not done anything for this woman at all, but he has anointing, has not done anything for this woman. She paid $100,000 for this man, just to, to, so the man can sleep, rest, and pray. Think about it. He hasn't done anything. What happened? The woman never had a kid. God worked in the heart of the man, Elisha. God honored the woman because she honored him first. She did not give money directly to the hand of God, but she gave money to the man of God by building the house. The woman has no kid. The God spoke to Elisha. Okay, come here. What can I do for you? She said nothing, but he know she did not have a kid. She got pregnant in a year. Then that kid died because of some stroke. He raised him up. Second blessing. Then the famine came to the land. Elisha warned her that get out of this land, flee away. She did. She left the land and missed the whole deal of famine. Third blessing. Fourth blessing, she came back home after the famine was over. She showed up in the room of the king of the land at the right time when the servant of Elisha was mentioning about her. And when she showed up, he said, the servant said, this is the woman I'm talking about. You know what happened? The king gave the land back to her. And not only that, gave all the produce of that land in the past years that happened. She got everything back. God honored the woman. Amen. When you honor God, God honor you back. She lived in abundance. She had kid, a son, a son raised from the dead. She missed the famine and she came back, got everything back. I know with all my heart, all these years, I and my wife have honored the Lord. We honored His church. We pay and pay and pay. We honor many ministers that has been a blessing to us. Pastor Joe Cruz, Pastor Caesar, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. We bless Pastor Cornish. We bless our missionary, Pastor Dan Cobb. We send money to them all the time. That's why. God honor me and that. Because we honor God by honoring His anointed people. 
honor his church, honor his mission. When the people in Thailand email me, we need to do this, do you have any budget? I think in my heart, if the church pay, that's fine. But if the church doesn't pay, I pay it. Because I want to honor the mission of God. I live my life for God. And I want to honor God all the days of my life. And I want you to be the same way. Honor the church. Honor the ministry. Honor the mission. Honor the ministers. Amen? How? Offering. Giving. Doing something financially. Doing something materially for those ministers or for the church. Doing something financially. And I can guarantee God will honor you. The generous hand that open to give will at the same time receive. I'm not preaching this because I want money from you. But I'm preaching this so that God will honor you as you honor the Lord. Amen? It's the spirit. It's the heart issue. It's not a money issue, believe me. It's a heart issue. God honor you when you honor Him. Amen? I want to encourage all of you to live that way, that lifestyle. Amen? Praise God. I pour my heart out today because I love you so much. Amen. I want you to be honorable people. Honor God. We continue next two times. How many people blessed today? Amen. How many people say, I will do what I learn? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 